0: Good now? There you go. Oh, I hear the difference. Exodus 6, verses 1 to 13. That gave you time to get to that page. The word of God says, But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, as God Almighty. But my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land to which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groanings of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves. And I remembered my covenant. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of this land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, The people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And this is the word of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we pray. That your word is heard clearly today. That you speak to your people. That hearts are changed. That all of us come away from here assured even more of your love for us. Lord, if there's anyone here within the sound of my voice that does not know you. That has not trusted in your son Christ. I pray that they do that today. That no one leaves here today not trusting in your son. May eyes, ears and hearts be open to your word. I pray everything in the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A father and his eight-year-old son were on vacation at the shore. They went out for a swim in the ocean. As they were swimming, they began to drift out farther away from the beach. Suddenly, the young boy realized he was getting pulled away from his father. He was having trouble swimming to him. He began to panic and started to call for his dad as he began to drift further away. But his father actually wasn't that very far from him. He was crying out for help to be rescued from the ocean's undertow that would not let him go. What are you waiting to be rescued from? What is holding on to you? What are you waiting to be delivered from, released from? Have you prayed to be released, yet you feel as though your prayers are only hitting the ceiling? Are you praying for someone else to be released from bondage? Maybe you have a friend or a family member who's enslaved to addiction. Maybe you have a child that is far from God. Will deliverance come? Will rescue come? Does the Lord hear you? Will the Lord save you? Maybe, even as you began to pray, things... Started to get worse. Maybe your sin has increased. Maybe your addiction has grown stronger. Maybe your burdens have become heavier. Maybe you feel the ocean current and the undertow is pulling you further out to sea. The people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and they groaned in their slavery. God heard their groanings and he sent Moses to bring them out of their bondage. But this deliverance did not come immediately. In the beginning, even more of a burden was placed on the people of Israel. The people of Israel's spirit became more broken, and they did not want to listen to what God had to say through Moses. But through this thou and this text today, we will see that you can be assured that God delivers his people. God shows the Christian that we can be assured in three ways. First, God reminds us he is Yahweh, the Lord of the covenant promise. And that's in verses 1 to 5. Then God reminds us of his powerful, effective means of deliverance. And that's in verses 6 to 8. And third, God reminds us he delivers, even when we have a weak faith in both hearing and proclaiming his message. And that's in verses 9 to 13. But here's some background to this text. Back in Genesis, God sovereignly placed Joseph, the son of Jacob, in Egypt through the means of his brother, selling him into slavery. Still the Lord was with Moses, and over time, and through many bad yet providential circumstances, Joseph gained favor with the Pharaoh of that day. So when famine came into the land, the Lord providentially used Joseph and brought his people into Egypt to be saved. Eventually new leadership was over Egypt, and they did not favor Joseph or the Hebrew people. They saw the people as a threat and put them under a heavy burden of slavery. But in this text before us today, we see God speaking with Moses, a Hebrew, who in the beginning of Exodus was saved as a baby from the death that was decreed by Pharaoh to kill all the male children of the Hebrews. His mother pr- placed him in a basket in the Nile River, and the daughter of Pharaoh finds the baby, and Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh. When Moses was older, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and Moses struck down the Egyptian. The next day, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. And he stopped them. But they said to him, Do you mean to kill us as you did the Egyptian? So then Moses fled to Midian, knowing what he had done to the Egyptian had been seen. In the meantime, God heard the groanings and the moanings and cries of his people under the burden of the Egyptians. While Moses was in Midian, he sees a bush that burned, yet wasn't consumed. When he investigated, God calls to him out of the bush and tells him to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go. God tells him to tell the people that I am has sent you. I am Yahweh. I am who I am. I will be who I will be, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Moses goes to Pharaoh to tell him to let the people of Israel go on a three-day journey to sacrifice to God. Pharaoh refused and accused the people of Israel of being lazy, of being idle, for wanting to go away from the burden of their work. Pharaoh then commands them to still make the same number of bricks, which was their task to do, but to do it without having straw brought to them. This increased the burden of their work. This also led to many being beaten because they were unable to accomplish their task. So the foreman of the people asked the taskmasters why this heavier burden had come upon them. And they told them it was because of their idleness, since they wanted to go and sacrifice to the Lord. So then the people complained to Moses and Aaron for making them stink in the sight of Pharaoh. Then Moses went to the Lord and asked him why this was happening. And here we have, in chapter 6, the response that God gives to Moses. So we see first, God reminds us, he is Yahweh, the Lord of the covenant promise. So let's read in verse 1 again. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out, And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of this land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But this name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land to which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves. And I have remembered my covenant. God here assures Moses that he will have Pharaoh drive out the people. He will do. He will cause Pharaoh to do so with a strong arm. And we will visit that verse a little bit more later. But why should Moses believe him? The people of Israel are still in Egypt, and things have gotten even worse since he came back. They are still in bondage, and the burdens have gotten heavier. The people want to be delivered now. Brothers and sisters, how often have you experienced pain and suffering or saw a loved one go through suffering? And you've been crying to God only to see it get worse. You pray and you pray, but things appear to get more overwhelming. You're about to quit. You feel the ocean keeps carrying you out to sea. That young boy I spoke of earlier, he kept struggling against the ocean. He kept fighting the tide. He kept calling to his dad to help as he struggled. He couldn't see his father, even though his father was close to him. He was getting weaker. He was more afraid. He was losing hope. Christians, I tell you right now, up front, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose hope. What answers should you look for? What answers did the Lord give to Moses? First, God says, I am the Lord. God reminds Moses, again, who he is. In the ESV, and most English translations, we see the word Lord in all capital letters. Some translations may say Jehovah, and some, out of reverence for their name, will translate this Adonai, which also means Lord. In the Hebrew, it is four letters, Y-H-W-H. The fancy word for this is Tetragrammaton, which literally means four letters. And we often say this as Yahweh. In this name, God is saying, I am who I am. From everlasting to everlasting, I am who I am, I will be who I will be, I am God, Jehovah, Adonai. God reveals himself to Moses as he did in the burning bush in Midian. God tells Moses that he did not reveal this name to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, And Jacob, they knew him as God Almighty, El Shaddai, the one who brings comfort by his might. But God reveals his name to Moses and the people of Israel in slavery. What is in a name? In the Bible, names have meaning. God reveals himself in the scriptures to us in his name. We did not name God. God tells us his names, and his names reveal his character. His name tells us who he is. Brothers and sisters, God has revealed this name to us. We know him as Yahweh. He is the God who is and who always will be. The great I am. Never changing. Why does this revelation of God's name matter? Because God is reminding Moses, and he's reminding us, who he is. And who he is never changes. We must look to his name. But God goes further to reveal himself to Christians. In the New Testament, we get the revelation of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God is triune. He is one in being, or essence, three in persons. Brothers and sisters, the reality is we have sinned against this mighty God, Yahweh. You don't deserve to be delivered. You have broken his commands, yet deliverance has come in the name of the triune God. The Father, out of His grace, chose you for salvation to save you from your sins against Him. And to save you from the penalty deserved eternal hell. The Son took the punishment you deserve, suffering hell on the cross. The Spirit regenerates you and brings you to repentance and faith and sanctification. May He grant you repentance and faith that you may trust in the Savior if you haven't. Your gracious, undeserved salvation is a triune work of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God's name matters. He has a name that can be trusted. Brothers and sisters, we must look to his name. Keep looking to his character. God is who he says he is, and God does what he says he will do. The Lord goes on to give Moses even more of a reason to trust in him. He reminds him of his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Verse 4. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. God promised to give the descendants of Abraham the land of Canaan, and they would eventually possess this land. Brothers and sisters, we also have a future land that we will inherit as well. Hebrews 11.9 says, By faith he, Abraham, went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has a foundation whose designer and builder is God. We have a city and a land to look forward to, a new heavens and a new earth. Yet here now on earth, we groan, we suffer, we still fight sin. We often struggle, and the struggle seems overwhelming. That young boy in the ocean is still struggling, calling out for his dad. He doesn't see his dad coming But his dad, he hears him. He starts making his way to his struggling son. But his son doesn't see him coming. His son is still losing hope. Brothers and sisters, where is your hope? Again, I say, don't give up. Believe the promise of Yahweh. Verse 5 Moreover, I have heard the groaning of my people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. God hears the groanings of His people. God remembers His covenant. Not that God forgets His covenant like it slips His mind, but God knows His people, His chosen people. And He knows His gracious covenant that He made with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. Brothers and sisters, God hears your groanings. The pain you are in, the illness you battle, the addiction you fight, the pressure you're under, the Lord knows because you are His people. In Christ, you are his children. Deliverance might not come speedily, but God's will be done. God is sovereign, and in his providence, he will deliver you for his glory. God remembers the gracious covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These men did nothing to merit this covenant or deliverance. God also remembers the covenant and the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for Christians. You did nothing to deserve this deliverance. We did everything to deserve his wrath. You were under the bondage of sin against God, but if you trust in the finished work of Christ, you have been set free by grace through faith in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christian, remember God has forgiven you in Christ. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He poured out the wrath on his Son, Listen to me. This is important. God loves you. He loves you. But you may be still fighting sin. You may be still groaning for deliverance. You may be still like the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, verse 24, who said, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who... are in Christ Jesus. Christian, all of your sins have been forgiven. Though your sins were like scarlet, they are as white as snow. You are delivered. But the Lord's wrath still abides on the unrepentant. And if that's you today, you are still in bondage, but you can be set free if you turn to Christ. Do it now. Don't leave here today without turning to Christ. So God reminds us who He is. God reminds us He is the covenant-keeping God. He is Yahweh. He is immutable. He is unchanging. He will keep His promise to His people. Deliverance is here. But how does God deliver? Point two, the Lord delivers through His mighty, through His powerful and effective means. Verse six, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it for a possession. I am the Lord. The Lord says to Moses, Remind the people again who I am. I am Yahweh. I will do what I say I will do. I will deliver them from slavery. How will the Lord do so? With an outstretched arm, he will be active in the deliverance of his people. He tells them that he will do so with great acts of judgment. Pharaoh and the Egyptians have done horrible acts against the people of God. He knows Pharaoh will not just let his people go easily. He sees the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, and he will go on to harden Pharaoh's heart even more as Exodus goes on. And we see back in verse 1 of this chapter that he tells Moses, Now you will see that I will do what I will do to Pharaoh. For I will, with a strong hand he will send them out. And with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. There will be ten plagues that come upon the, pe- the people of Egypt. God shows his power and his might in the process. With each judgment, Pharaoh's heart gets harder and harder. Brothers and sisters, the judgment of God is on sinners. You are guilty of sin against God. You have broken God's law. You are no less guilty than Pharaoh and the people of Egypt. But you have trusted in Christ. And if you have, that judgment has been placed on Jesus, the Son of God. Christians, while we groan in worldly pain and sin, God has delivered you from his own judgment by placing the judgment again upon Jesus on the cross. The great plague of his wrath has been taken. The Lord's outstretched arm has pulled you in while his own son was crushed in judgment. The unbeliever, however, will be crushed under the judgment of God. Now we see in verse 7, the Lord promises to bring the people out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And they will be his people and he will be their God. And this is an echo of the promise given to Abraham back in Genesis 17:7, 7, when he said, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations and for an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and to your offspring after you. The Lord says to Moses, tell the people to look to what I have promised I am Yahweh. I will do what I say I will do. I will fulfill my promise to you, who are the descendants of Abraham. You will know that I am Yahweh, who is from everlasting to everlasting. I will do what I will say. You will have the burden of the Egyptians lifted as I deliver you out of bondage. I will take you to the land that I swore to give to your forefathers. I can and I will do this because I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. But this promise was to God's people back then. What does this have to do with us? Well, I'm glad you asked. This has everything to do with us. If you are a Christian, this promise is for you. The Lord in this passage is speaking to you. He is reminding you over and over again of his covenant promise. He is your God. You are his people. Brothers and sisters, your circumstances are real. The pain you have is real. The loneliness you may feel is real. But if you have trusted in Christ, you have a hope that is real. This is not a hope based on a promise that will not be fulfilled. This is not the promise of a father who says he will come to your game and never shows up. This is not a promise of a mother who says she will always be there and then leaves. This is not the promise of of a spouse that says they will be there in sickness and in health until death, but is unfaithful in infidelity. This is not the promise of a friend who says they will always have your back, but when times get tough, they leave. This is the covenant promise of God, made in Genesis and fulfilled in Jesus. God is not a liar. It is impossible for him to lie. He is who he is. And you, believer, you have fled to him for refuge. In fact, he came and took you to himself. May you hear what Jesus says. Take my yoke upon your shoulders. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is powerfully active in the deliverance of his people. You may not completely see it now. You may feel like the Lord has not delivered you. Don't just look at what you see and how you feel. I know it's easy to say and hard to do, but the promise of the Lord can be trusted. Look at what he has said he would do and what he has done. Not by your strength, but by his strength, he delivers for his glory. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has chosen you before the foundation of the world. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In this life, you will have trouble. But take heart. Take courage. Be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. The boy struggling in the ocean begins to hear his dad calling to him. His dad saying, Son, stay calm. I am right here. I am right here. But the boy keeps struggling, as if he doesn't hear his father. He only sees and feels the waves. When Moses went and told the people that the Lord would deliver them, how did they react this time? Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, and they rejoiced and celebrated that they will be delivered from their slavery. No, that's not what it says. Verse 9. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. And here is the third point. God reminds us He delivers even when we have a weak faith in listening and proclaiming. The people didn't listen. Moses tells them that He has been sent by Yahweh, the self-sustaining God who is I Am, the God who always was and always will be, the Almighty God, Jehovah, Adonai, who made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring their descendants into the land of their own possession. Moses assures them of all of this, yet they do not listen. The increased harshness of their labor has broken their spirit. Moses goes and tells them of this great deliverance coming from this great deliverer, yet they continue not to listen. They continue to look at the waves of slavery crashing on them. This is so much different than when Moses first went to them. In chapter 4, verse 31 reads when it says and the people believed and they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. Brothers and sisters, maybe you've listened to this sermon up to this point. And you heard the word of God, you heard of the God who is everlasting to everlasting, the God who made the covenant with Abraham and fulfilled all in Jesus Christ. And whom you have come to believe in. And when you first came to believe, you were excited, and you worshipped, and you bowed. But now your burdens have become, become heavier. Your addiction, your illness, your family issues, your loneliness. Maybe children in here, you battle with bullies. And you prayed to God, you asked God for help, but you don't see that help. Perhaps you even continue to struggle with sin. And that struggle has broken your spirit. The undertow of sin keeps pulling you as you struggle to mortify the old man. And now you simply don't want to listen to one more word. Christian, let me first remind you of this. You are here. You are surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. You, The Lord is here. You hear the word preached, prayed. We sing the word. When we have the sacraments, we see the word. God's word does not come back void. Be assured by this word of God. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. In Matthew 5, 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You may feel the weight of the world crushing you. The burdens are becoming too heavy to bear. The Lord is near you, believer. You have trusted in Christ. He has saved you from sin. He has saved you from hell. The kingdom of God is yours. The Lord shows us here in this passage that despite the crushed spirit of the Israelites, the Lord promises He will still deliver them. Despite the weakness and our downcast spirit, the Lord has delivered us. Remember this. It is not the strength of your faith that saves. It is the strength of the God who saves you. Even Moses, the one the Lord chose to lead His people, struggled with doubt, even though the Lord spoke directly to him. And we see this in verse 10. So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of this land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. The people of Israel had not listened to Moses. He has gone and spoke the word of the Lord to them, saying who this God is, reminding them of this covenant promise. Yet they don't listen. Moses is now tasked to go to Pharaoh. And he is even more doubtful of his ability to speak. As he refers to his lips as uncircumcised. His lips are unclean. His lips are of no effect. They are unworthy. How will he convince Pharaoh to let the people go? The father in the ocean keeps yelling to his son. I'm here, son. I'm here. But the son struggles and continues to panic. And does not hear his father. His father himself now begins to get frustrated and scared. Brothers and sisters, maybe you aren't feeling a burden of the weight of the world on your shoulders, but maybe you have been tasked to go to those who are feeling a burden. You have been sent to speak to sinners and call them to repentance and faith, but often when you go, no one will listen. When you speak with your friends, they won't listen. Their burdens in life are heavy on them, and their ears are closed. To the words you have, the words of eternal life. You have the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they only see the weight of their circumstances. You doubt yourself to be of any help as Moses does. You begin to think that you are inadequate and wonder if God has really sent you to speak. Verse 13. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. The Lord heard Moses Heard what he said. He knows the people didn't listen. But he gives Moses and Aaron a charge to go to the people and to go to Pharaoh. Moses is not wrong when he says he has uncircumcised lips. His lips are not worthy or effective on their own to speak the word of God. My words are not worthy or effective on their own to speak the word of God. Your words and your lips are not worthy or effective to speak the word of God on their own. Yet God tells Moses, he tells Aaron, and he tells us to go and tell people of him. This message of deliverance is no longer just for the people of Israel in Egypt. Now it is for the nations, as Jesus says in Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen: All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded, and behold... I am with you always to the end of the age. Just like when Moses went to the people, the people we go to may not listen. Their burdens may be many. Their love of sin keeps them blind and their ears closed to the word of God. But we have been charged, nevertheless. The Lord will deliver his people. It wasn't the speech of Moses or Aaron that convinced the people or persuaded Pharaoh. It was the power of God. It is not our clever speech or smooth talk that will convince people it is the power of God. Remember the Lord, Jesus himself says, he will be with us to the end of the age. Brothers and sisters, you can be assured God delivers his people. He is the Lord, Yahweh, of the covenant promise. It is his powerful and effective means that save and not our strength. The Lord delivers even when we have a weak faith after hearing And when we proclaim His word, if you have trusted in Christ, rejoice. You have been delivered from your bondage. You are free from sin. You are free from death. You are free from hell. But if you haven't trusted, you are still a slave to your sin. You have sinned against the Lord, and his arm of judgment is coming upon you. But Jesus, living a sinless life, took the judgment of the Lord for sinners who trust in him. And with an outstretched arm, the Lord pulls you in like a loving father. Finally, the young boy hears his father yelling, I'm here, son. Calm down. He looks at his father, and they make eye contact. His father says, son, don't panic. Relax. Don't fight the current. Let the wave bring you to me. And with an outstretched arm, the father pulls his son in. Today, if you hear the voice of Yahweh, if you hear the voice of the Lord, do not harden your heart. May you be brought under, out from under the burden of your slavery to sin. May you see that though you've been hardened by the world and your troubles, the Lord has promised deliverance. He will not let you drown in the sea of sin. He will save his people. He will save all of his people. May the Lord open your heart to believe the promise of deliverance. And believe the promise is for you. And, brothers and sisters, may we say, as Charles Burgeon said, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Believe the promise of Yahweh, turn to Christ, and live today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you are Yahweh from everlasting to everlasting. You will never change. We can trust in your promises. We can look to your name. You are a rock. You are a refuge. Thank you for sending Christ to live a perfect life, die on the cross, rise again. and By grace through faith in him, we are delivered. And you will never take that deliverance away. Lord, if there are burden, burdens here, may people look to you and trust in you. Look to your word. Look to your name and your promises. And look to your son for deliverance. May the Holy Spirit change us. May we live, leave here loving you more, loving each other more. And if anybody has not trusted in you, may they not leave here today until they put their faith in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.